Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. And Jake, I'm going to introduce our guest. Yeah, so uh, I'll let my guest do a little bit of introduction on himself, but uh, this guest and I go way back. I've known him for a lot longer than it probably seems because we probably played sports together when we were in mm-hmm. like kindergarten, honestly. Um, but buddy of mine, I went to high school with him. I've played fantasy with him for quite some time now. But Ryan, take it away. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, guys. I'm Ryan. I did a pod with Jake and Kyle earlier, uh, the little mock draft we did, which I don't think was all that accurate. But uh, nope. I've been kind of following them for a little bit. And I was like, hey, love to get on and you know chat sports with you guys. And here we are drinking beer, chatting sports. And uh, I couldn't be more excited for today's little segment that we've got going on. Hell yeah, man. It's two good segues. So number one, just to recap this, we meant to do this right after the NFL draft happened. We just had a couple scheduling issues pop up and we weren't able to do it. And then we had Jake coming here for the vacation. So it got delayed, but we're going to be doing covering that today a little bit. And we probably won't talk that much about our mock draft because it was so fucking inaccurate <laughs> that there's no real reason to spend too much time on it. Uh-uh. But the other segue is Jake, what are you drinking this week? All right. This week I have <laughs> peanut butter chocolate milk stout by Lost Coast Brewery. Nice. I love peanut butter. I love chocolate. Have, so show me that can I again. I think you. Is that I my think, fridge? I think you got this when we were at Total Wine. Because yeah, I'm pretty I sure I, I pointed too, it out. But I feel like I have a can of it. You probably I think do. I have a bottle. They only had bottles at Benny's, so that's what I got. All right. Well, shout out to our boy Hugo because I'm taking it out of the United States this evening, and I'm going with oh. London's own Young's Double Chocolate Stout, and it says it's a natural British crafted beverage. So oh. we'll see if this is good, and we'll see what uh, what he has to say when he sees this podcast and tells me that this is just like not really an actual British beer. Oh, that was carbon. <laughs> that was intense. Yeah, Jeez. that was a bush. If I've ever heard <laughs> that was one. a bush. How about you, Ryan? Right. What do you got, dude? So you guys caught me low off guard, so I grabbed 2019 Bourbon County, fresh out of Chicago, Ooh. and the presentation's even better because it's in a personalized Stella Chalice. Oh, uh, I had so one of those a couple episodes ago. <laughs> See, I always you got to use a glass. Have to. Just have to. We're classy folks on this podcast. We, we are. About it if I can get this fucking bottle open. This is actually a pretty fucking legit pour. This is one of those ones where, like, you know how uh, Guinness cans have like the fucking. Um, ping pong ball or whatever the fuck in the can to help mm-hmm. the pour this one does too so Ooh, that's, that's pretty beautiful. legit that's a good and you can see it like water falling love that shit in a stout it's all about the fucking image yeah, i've pre-poured i'm already here we you guys delicious. did better than i did cheers boys, boys. Yeah. this is gonna be hard for me to rate because it's five thousand times better than both the beers we had in the last episode yeah right i don't good. know if you tuned into that episode at all but kyle and i had some trash beers they were fucking we were gross both very disappointed if it was recent no i think i missed your guys's last one mm-hmm. um so but i know you guys are pretty pretty strict on your ratings you guys are kind of oh like jake's more seven. well it's funny because jake is like always in the seven eight range for the I, most part i buy beers that i know i'm gonna like <laughs> i just buy beers because i want to try them I'll get there eventually. I'm, there's there's a few in here where it was pure curiosity, and I was just like, "Fuck it, let's try it and see." So, before um, I forget, yours is the Lost Coast. What? Uh, it's peanut butter chocolate milk stout. Maybe chocolate milk stout. And Ryan, I gotta put yours in the guest ranking list. So, what was yours again? 
uh, Goose Island, Bourbon County, 2019. Room temperature is heck. <laughs> That's how those are supposed to be served, I've heard. Yeah, you know, it's got to be a little colder. <laughs> All right, sweet. I got those in. Good to go. Now I am ready uh, for you to go ahead and introduce our topic, Jake. All right. So this week we are going to, we have two main topics that we're going to cover. Um, we'll go ahead and start with um, the NFL draft specifically. Um, we want to, we're going to talk about five picks that we loved and then five that we hated. So I'll start with the first pick that I really loved. Um, and everybody who knows me knows I'm a bears fan. So this pick is probably going to be extremely obvious, but Justin Fields to the bears um, is my, my fa personal favorite pick in the draft. Obviously it helps the team a ton, but this is just feeling more and more like one of those situations where a quarterback is going to come out and it's going to be five years from now. We're going to look at the 10 teams who didn't draft him and be like, y'all are fucking idiots. Um, you know, he's art. He was closer to quarterback one than he was to quarterback three, in my opinion. Um, even though he, you know, settled right into that quarterback two ranking for me, he's going to, he's already the most physically talented quarterback in bears history. Um, you know, he graded highest on the memory recall test in, of any quarterback or any player in NFL history. I don't understand uh, why that's such a fucking hyped up stat. <laughs> it's just cool. Like, like how, how often? Fantastic. Do, bro, how many people on Dallas can say they were legitimately the best all time at something on oh, their current Cody roster? Roma. On their exactly. current roster. <laughs> He's the best undrafted quarterback of all time. Yeah, see, it's something. Yeah, I just, I don't. I get it. Like it's like a cool checkbox that he has in his fucking resume, but I don't give a shit about his memory recall. Frankly, I just want to see him play football, <laughs> which I guess I get it. That comes into like, you know, memorizing plays and offenses and whatever, but like, I don't, I don't fucking care. I'm so sick of hearing about that. I'm, stat. Now that I know you hate it, I'm going to bring it up more. Um, I see it on Twitter, like all the time. It's just one of those things that's cool, man. But, but like besides that, like I said, most physically talented quarterback in Bears history finally gives Pace and Nagy a chance to really show what their offense can do. Um, Mitch wasn't it. He wasn't it when they picked him. I, Jesus I, I and everybody up. else said he wasn't it when we picked him. I won't even. I won't be one of those homers or one of those crazy people who's like they picked him over Mahomes. It's like yeah, they picked him over Mahomes. Anybody who was picking a quarterback probably would have picked watson or mitch at the time over mahomes you know half the league had or had mitch as their quarterback one or two it's you know it's not a surprise but picking him over deshaun watson even given all of the situation that's currently going on with watson there like he was by far he was a just a winner he was a bulldog mentality he was a guy who's going to come out and show out um, and you know, he will forever be you know the miss there in my opinion um, but fields gives the bears a chance to kind of make amends for the lack of quarterback talent that's been there. And, you know, hopefully, obviously he's an unproven talent as all uh, players are when they come out of college. So hopefully he can, you know, really change the, uh, the perception of bears quarterbacks in the coming years. I agree. I didn't like him at the beginning. I think I, I fell for the trap of uh, everyone talking bad about him and moving down, but I think it actually is a good fit. And I think the bears finally got something because they need it. I'm not a Bears guy, but they need it. Also not a Bears guy, but I can go next for my first love. Can I, say, can I say one last thing before? Let me just say this, because my first love is also Justin Fields for Chicago. Oh, okay. I think Perfect, they did then. a fucking incredible job of trading up for him. I wish they would have traded with Dallas, and Dallas would have just traded back, especially because Dallas missed off or missed out on the corners that they wanted anyway. Uh, thankfully, they did actually get you know like a fantastic pick there. It's not going to appear on my love list just 
because it's not sexy to pick a fucking defensive player in your love list. But I am happy with what Dallas ended up doing, especially the trade back with the Eagles. I think doing the individual, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here with Dallas. And I don't need to talk about it. My pick is still Justin Fields. I think they did a great job in that draft, and I can't believe they got him where they got him. So my one knock that I'll give on the Fields pick for the Bears is that we had to trade up to make this pick, whereas if we just lost out last year, we would have picked in the 11 spot anyway and wouldn't have even have to had to move. Yeah, that's fair. Which, it you know, as a guy who obviously you don't want to see your team lose, we have to recognize that with the way that the draft is done, there is a benefit to losing when you hit a point in the season where it's no longer beneficial. I'm not saying pull an Eagles and just run your your fourth string quarterback out there for an entire half and like Jesus make it as Christ, blatant I as possible. I almost forgot about that, dude. That was absurd. But like you have a team like, um, for example, the Jaguars last year. Minshew was the best quarterback on that roster from the start of the season until the end of the season. And the only reason he didn't play that much Obviously, he was hurt for a little bit, but past that, it was just they were trying to lose. They weren't trying to win. And I think you can do something like that where, you know, if it's a little bit sneakier, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, the Bears were 5-5, five and five, and if they lose out, they're 5-11, and 11 and they're picking right in that same spot. That's really the only knock that I can make for that pick. Right on. Ryan, what do you got? Number one. All right. So you guys came in big with first round picks. And uh, so I'm not expecting a quick conversation. Uh, but my first one is Ben Mason, the fullback out of Michigan. I don't even know if you guys know who he is. Uh, <laughs> he got drafted by the Ravens. Okay. And so first off, any fullback that gets drafted. Awesome. I love it. Make but fullbacks secondly, great again. He's going to a, a team where they want to run the ball like 80% of the time, 90% of the time. They have a running back at quarterback anyways. Um, so I think it, it helps J.K. Dobbins. It helps Lamar Jackson. It helps Gus Edwards. It helps the, the city of Baltimore. It helps every fullback who is in high school and wants to get drafted. Ben Mason, he had nine touchdowns in his career. He, he pounds the rock. Um, and I think it's really going to benefit J.K. Dobbins the most. And so I like it. Again, fifth-round draft pick, but that was my favorite one because I wanted the Steelers to get him. This guy's an absolute unit. Um, but that's my guy right there. Do you think it's a little interesting though that you know they they announced him as a tight end as, on the pick? Do you think like I mean obviously you know they've got Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle as their tight ends. They've got Ricard, who's the arguably you know it's mm -hmm. him and Juicy Juice for the best fullbacks in the league right now. Um, do you think like he's going to play like more of a hybrid role like that, where he's going to be you know you'll see him as a traditional fullback, but you also see him in on blocking downs as well, you know, lined up on the line. I. Think, I think he will. I have to imagine you don't draft a fullback ever. I mean, the Steelers drafted a fullback a long time ago by the name of Jalen Samuels, and then he had a 130-yard rushing game against the Patriots a couple years ago. So I don't think he's yeah, limited then to the role. Yeah, he's done since then. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, calm down. <laughs> he was sitting on my fantasy bench earlier, so calm He's down. always sitting on my goddamn fantasy bench doing nothing. <laughs> and I'm always afraid to Correct. drop him, too. He just fucking Correct. sits there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so sorry for killing the hype on the first-round draft pick. No, nah, dude, that's uh, like, uh, I'm glad ben you can feel ben like the pick is great. But, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'll tell you how I feel about Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens can consume my entire hate list because, from a fantasy perspective, nobody's relevant other than fucking Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so... I could go on a tangent correct. about that. I do think they are going to. I I do think they're going to pass more this year. But it's the it's the, quick tangent. It's the main reason why I, I'm not drafting DK, uh, J.K. Dobbins anywhere. 
I like his upside. He's probably, you know, one of the better pure runners that came out of last year's draft class. Uh, but he's just not going to see the receiving work, and he's not going to have as much upside there just because Gus Edwards is still going to, you know, they gave him a second-round tender. Like, he's still going to be productive running back. He had, like, 700 yards last year. As you said, with, you know, um, with Lamar Jackson, he's always going to hog a bunch of carries as well. And just because they do run so much and, you know, the offense, you know, Roman's offense is built to be a run first team, um, even if that means the quarterback's the one running the ball. It's just going to be hard to see. Um, and, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. It's just going to be hard to see, you know, a lot of upside from that offense. Dude, mm-hmm. I think honestly, and I, I think I heard this on a podcast and I can't remember which one, so I can't credit them for saying this, but I'm, I think whoever said this was right when they said that Lamar Jackson might be kind of in his test year this year where they, they force him to throw the ball a little bit more just to see if he can actually be their dynasty quarterback or if they're just going to run the piss out of him for the next two years and then replace him. Cause he's going to get fucking beat to mm. shit. If he just keeps running all of the yards that he's running and getting hit the way he's getting hit. So it's going to be potentially, like you said, Jake, he might just sit in the pocket and pass a couple more times this year and just see like, Hey, can we, can we use this guy as a passing quarterback and not just with his legs? So uh, it'll be interesting to see Baltimore this year and how they execute. But either way, I have no interest in them from a fantasy perspective this year. Except for Lamar. Lamar to the moon. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, the second pick that I like um, was uh, from a team near and dear to my heart, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to the Browns. Um, it, we were all – what we were talking about it during the draft, we're like, how is this guy falling? Like, how is he – you know, yeah. he went in our mock draft. He was, I think, 19th overall or something like that. And that's about where I expected him to go. We It comes out after the draft. He had a minor heart issue, and so he fell down some teams' boards from there. But him going to the Browns, the Browns might have the best defense in football this year. They have so much talent built on that defensive side of the ball. It's just going to be insane. Uh, Jock was my – he was my linebacker too. I had him just behind Parsons. Um, you know, I think Parsons was the clear one in this class, but Jock was right there. You know, I think where the Browns get him, I think it's an absolute steal. Like, I don't think, you know, I was every pick that went by, I was like, all right, it's going to be him. And then I was like, nope, not happening. And it just kept happening. Um, and when anytime I feel like that happens, you know, he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and he's coming in, like I said, into a loaded defense where he doesn't necessarily need to be a star right away. So they can, you know, take their time with him and, you know, make him fit the offense a little bit or the defense a little bit better. Cool. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> I think it's a killer pick. I, I I can, you know, talk about him all day. I think I was one that picked him. I think I picked him to the Browns. I could be wrong. We did that. I a while think you ago, did. You picked a lot of guys. I gave the, the Browns a killer draft. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns had a killer draft in the mock. Um, but no, I like it. It's scary because in the actual draft. Yeah, they did. They yeah they did. They're going to be good. It's scary to say, but they're going to be good. Hey, that's so why I just traded. Uh, I traded Kirk Cousins and. Uh, I traded back in our draft so that I could get uh, Baker. I took Baker because I was going to take Zach Wilson at the 102. And instead, I traded back to the 108 and I got Baker and the 108 plus a bunch of other shit. I like highly benefited from that fucking trade. And then I ended up getting, (laughs) I I like, I love Baker this year with the picks that they made and the offense they have set up. I love Baker and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll eat my words, but I love Baker going into the season and the Browns as a whole. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. What's your All right, my number two out? on the list is Devonta Smith. Uh, I love the fact that the Eagles traded up to get him. I love the fact that they added another receiver. I am not high on J- uh, Jalen Rager, as a lot of other people are. I do like the team that they're starting to build, though, and I love the fact that they traded up to pick another good receiver that they can add to that offense. I think he's going to eat, and I think he will eventually be the number one wide receiver on that offense. 
Yeah, I agree. I like that pick yeah. a lot for them. Um, it, a report came out a few hours ago that Rieger's probably going to be playing out of this slot this year, um, as he probably should. Um, so we'll probably see, you know, three wide sets of Smith, Ful- Fulgham and Rieger. I'm on, you know, as you know, I'm higher on Rieger than you are. Yep. Um, I think, you know, there was just a few things that he had to correct last year, obviously, you know, with as bad as once played last year too, you know, that definitely changes some things. Um, sure. but ultimately I do think, um, you know, that's, that was probably the, the, that was the wide receiver. I imagined them getting, if they were going wide receiver, I just felt he was going to be the, the best fit for that offense. Yeah. I think it's a, like, like I said, obviously I picked him as one of my loves. So I think he's going to be a great pick. Uh, and I don't think that he's going to have too much competition for the, the number one role eventually. And I think, like you said, Rager might be, uh, pushed into the slot, which is fine. Like I don't hate Rager and I think he's going to be an okay player. I'm just not that excited about him. And then I think Fulgham is going to steal some of those, uh, you know, attempts as well and get some of those catches too. So I'm not, I'm just not that excited about Rager. I would take him maybe in the late rounds just to kind of have a backup on the bench, but I am, I'm never going to be high on Rager. Is, is anyone worried about his size though? Because I've got a guy on my don't like list strictly because of size and it's not Devonta Smith. It's not him. I mean, but, I'm, I'm, I also have a guy on my do not list, like list because of size. So I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, everything about Devonta Smith's profile sucks um i know you guys don't get into like the analytics of things as much as i do but late declare old wide receivers who don't fit like an alpha alpha size profile historically don't succeed in the nfl is smith the guy to finally break that mold maybe we'll see Mm -hmm. um but I, i i still do like the pick for the offense even if they keep the offense in more of like a I think they could run, you know, a pretty decent read option in that offense and keep him as like a short intermediate target just because of his, his yards after catch ability. I do think that kind of, you know, that could work for his game there. Um, but he can also be a deep threat. And he's shown that even though he's, you know, 145 pounds soaking wet, it didn't really affect him all that much in college. He's got almost no injury history. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, all pluses for him. So, you know, it, it's definitely a concern of mine, but I don't think I think it's more like the late declare status and his age and no production really until his senior year. I think a lot of that is a bigger deal analytically anyways, than his, his BMI is going to end up being. I think this is going to be a huge test year though for Hertz as well. And I think they're going to really try to just like Lamar, they're going to see if they can use him for more than just his legs. And I -hmm. think adding the offensive weapon there for him is going to really help him to solidify his role in that offense as well. Cause obviously like, you can have a running quarterback, but if they can't throw the ball, they're only going to last so many years before they take enough hits that they're just going to get replaced. And so if he's going to sustain his career in the NFL and with the Eagles, and he's going to have to be able to pass the ball, and I think adding Devonta Smith to the offense is going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, and I don't yeah. fucking like the Eagles. I actually really fucking hate the Eagles as a Dallas fan. Yeah, so you guys are both just complimenting. You guys are going to end up complimenting teams you don't like. I can feel it. It burns. It burns a lot. It does burn. So, so is this me now? Am I up? Am I right yes, there? you're up. Number two. All right. So, again, I, I think all my loves are not sexy picks. So, Jake, <laughs> Jake knows I have a big affinity for this guy. Uh, my favorite one's Tommy Trumbull right here going to Carolina. Uh, Love it. That was I, That's my third pick right there. <laughs> I think I, I could be wrong. I think he's the next George Kittle, a blocking tight end. I mean, Kittle came out as a fullback, if I'm correct, and he was testing. Uh, it, he's a great blocker. But he's also athletic enough to where if he's finally featured, he's going to get his yards after catch. He's going to break tackles, um, and then he blocks well. So this is going to benefit, you know, Christian McCaffrey. It's going to benefit whoever their backup is after Christian gets hurt. Um, it, he's, I think he's good. Again, it's not a sexy pick, but I think he will. We'll be talking about him as a top tight end 
in the future. And if I'm wrong, I'll buy you guys a nice stout and send it to you. In the mail. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm not nearly as high as you are on him, but I don't think that it's not a sexy pick either. I think Carolina needed a tight end. I think Tommy Tremble's got a lot of potential, and I think he's going to be a great fit in that offense. So I don't not love the pick. He's just – I'm not nearly as high as you are, so I, I wouldn't add him to my list. But. Yeah, so – so what I wrote here for like my reasoning for Tremble being one of my favorite pits, he was the he's the best run blocker in the class, you know, from the tight end position, just purely and even in the you know even in pass blocking, you know, he he was one of the higher rated tight ends coming out of the draft. We haven't seen him you know use being used a ton. His uh, you, you know he only had about eight point two percent of his team's receiving yards. So obviously you know he hasn't been a major receiving target but like you're saying you know he's got an 85th percentile burst score he's got a 75th percentile 40 yard dash so you know he's not a he's not a burner he's not a guy you know Kittle I think is Kittle I think ran like a four five forty. so obviously Kittle's mm-hmm. gonna you know beat him in the downfield speed a little bit but I do agree that you know you could end up seeing Tremble being like a George Kittle light where he you know he's not mm-hmm. gonna be you know ever in that conversation of those you know top three receiving tight ends um, but he's he's always gonna be one of the better blocking mm-hmm tight ends in the league and I think the Carolina offense is one that probably fits him best one where he doesn't have to you know if he is out there on the field he can play three downs just because they have so many wide receivers they don't need to throw to a tight end if they if they don't want to Mm -hmm. and even just from being such a good run blocker he's going to be on the field enough or even you know run blocker slash pass blocker being on the field enough just to eventually accidentally see five six seven targets a game So, you know, I, that's why he was my third pick here too. I, you know, I loved him. Um, as you know, again, another Notre Dame guy. Um, so huge for me. Um, so it's, it's great to see, you know, the, uh, the him in that offense, which I think fits him really well. Speaking of the stack of receivers in Carolina, I love that everybody's so low on Robbie Anderson this year because I am getting him on the cheap in fantasy and oh, yeah. i am excited to play him this year and if he only lasts me one more year i don't give a fuck because i'm getting him <laughs> super cheap and i love robbie anderson this year again yeah but i mean you have him you have dj moore you have terrace Marshall. i've got them both in my starting lineup too yeah <laughs> <laughs> me, we'll see if that hit. sticks i don't know me last year in ryan's <laughs> league with my julio and calvin ridley stack. yeah yep. yep that worked for about two weeks <laughs> <laughs> well one of them's gonna get injured or both of them for honestly so correct speaking of a lot of people are gonna be really low on a couple falcons players this year with Pitts coming in and julio probably leaving so we'll see what what comes out of that but hey man um so i guess i'll just jump to my fourth pick then um the a fourth pick uh that i really did like was michael carter to the jets um, Carter was the best zone runner in the class. It's the, it's the style of offense that he succeeded really well in, in college. Um, and where they got him draft capital wise, they were able to give him, you know, they were able to support Zach Wilson. They were su- to support that offense. Um, you know, basically being rebuilt from the ground up, they were able to give him a running back option without sacrificing, you know, a, a first or second round pick on a Javante Williams on a Najee Harris on, um, you know, obviously superior talented running backs, but Carter was a good running back in his own right. You know, after those top three, the reviews on the running backs range from, you know, I, I've saw guys as high of like Carter as high as four. I had Elijah Mitchell as my four. Some people had Trey Sermon as their four. So after that, it was a crapshoot anyway. And he fits the offense to, to a T the offense that they're going to run is probably going to be his own run. Um, 
and I, you know, I, I just love the pick for them because they're able to support their young quarterback. They're able to improve their running back room without sacrificing a lot of draft capital or money for a running back, which is always a bonus in my book. I love the pick. I fucking love the way that the Jets drafted. I am super excited for them as kind of like an underdog sleeper team this year. I think uh, obviously Jake is a lot lower on Zach Wilson than either of the two of us. And we'll talk about that later, but uh, I almost had to put Zach Wilson on my loves list, but I didn't want to do it just because I don't want to spend the entire time talking about that during this segment. When we have other segments that are, we're going to get a little bit more specific on that, but I just, I love the fact that they picked up offensive weapons like left and right, but they also thought about defending Zach Wilson and keeping him protected in the pocket too. Uh, I think they still have some work to do on their offensive line. So we'll see how it ends up playing out for him in his first year. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get beat the fuck up like Joe Burrow did. Uh, but in the long run, I love the way that uh, that the Jets drafted. I'm really excited to see them play this year. Uh, if you want to talk about that for three seconds with the Jets, so they've got that first-round tackle last year. They got Vera Tucker this year, right? Or am I making that up? I nope, think they you're did. correct. Yep. So what happens if they go grab, like, a Morgan Moses who just got let go by the Redskins? I mean, that's a – three out of your five guys are pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, they might be. If, if they do, I don't know what their cap situation is like, but uh, – I mean, that's a great line for a rookie quarterback. Hopefully he yep. doesn't get wrecked, but they got Elijah Moore too. Dude, I'm I'm very, very excited to see the Jets play this year. And I think mm-hmm. uh, that's why, like, honestly, for me, I'm picking up as many Jets players as I can in dynasty leagues just so I can sit and wait on them. Like I'm I got Zach Wilson at the one oh eight when I traded back, so I ended up getting the player that I wanted at the one oh two at the one oh eight in that one league. And <laughs> he's gonna sit on my bench for a little while, and that's okay with me. Even if he does well, I've got a couple other quarterbacks and I'm happy to start and just let him sit there and develop. And I'm just gonna uh, keep keep an eye on him. I got Michael Carter in a different league. And I'm just I'm really fucking excited to watch watch the Jets play. I can't say that enough. So. Yeah, I looked it up here. The Jets have 25 million in cap space, so they definitely could make a move like that. Yeah, you know, and you know, I think their line's close. Um, you know, obviously they've got a couple high draft picks in there. Um, you know, if that line is solid, you give Wilson time to throw. I mean, we saw what he did in college. You know, with his improvising abilities. If you give him some time in a clean pocket, he's gonna he's gonna impress and he's gonna put up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up the second best numbers of any of the quarterbacks who came out of this draft class this year. Um, and a lot of that is due to, uh, like you're saying, how well the Jets have drafted um, and, and really given him some weapons and given him talent to work with. Plus, they lost Adam Gase, so blessed. Yeah. Automatic, big, big plus. automatic improvement <laughs> right there. All right, my number three that I've got on my list since Jake had to skip to the number four is Mac Jones going to the Patriots. I think a lot of people expected him to go earlier, potentially going to San Francisco. Uh, and I'm very happy that he fell uh, because the Patriots picking him up is a great slot, I think, for him to wind up in, especially with uh, running quarterbacks like Cam Newton having a, a definite expiration date. And he's played like shit last year, too. So uh, a lot of people blame that on, the, on having COVID. And maybe he comes back and plays a little better this year. But I think the Patriots needed to have somebody on – on the back burner, whether Cam Newton plays well or, or not this year. And so we might see Mac Jones taking over for Cam Newton halfway through the year. Cam continues to suck or he starts uh, next year, you know, who knows, but either way they needed somebody. And I think Mac Jones is going to be a great fit on that offense. And I think he's going to uh, carry the torch at least for a while for them. And he's a, he's a good passer and he's not going to be running. He's going to stay in the pocket, just like the Patriots love to have. They want a pocket quarterback. That's going to pass the ball. I honestly, I don't, I, I was kind of surprised when Cam Newton went there to begin with uh, mm-hmm. considering the way they like to run their offense. So, I think Mac Jones is a better fit, and uh, I'm excited to see when he does step up to the plate and start. Yeah, I I was talking about this um, in a mock draft that I was doing today. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't a better landing spot for Mac Jones than 
you know, his, his landing spots in New England there. Um, as you're saying, you know, he, he needs a team. He's going to need a team with a good offensive line. He doesn't have the mobility to improvise or, or, you know, anything crazy like that. He's not a guy who's going to beat you by throwing on the run. But, you know, giving him a team that's going to, you know, going to protect him. And, again, a, a situation where he doesn't need to be a star right away. You know, Cam can come out, and if Cam sucks for five games and they're 0 for 5, they'll put Jones in, let him, you know, develop in-game situations, and they'll they'll lose as many games as they do and take a draft pick, a high draft pick next year. Um, you know, it's, it's a again, perfect landing spot. You know, Bilicek knows how to work with quarterbacks of his lack of mobility. Um, you know, he's it, – it's just an ideal fit. I think they opinion. like that type of – like, I wasn't – I'm serious. I think he wants that in his offense. He wants – yeah. He wants somebody that's going to sit in the pocket, make intelligent decisions, and throw the ball. And I think that is Mac Jones, and I think he's going to fit super well in that offense. And you have to really fucking love it when you see somebody walk up to the podium to like, like you know, take control of their pick, and they're just fucking stoked about it. Like there's there yeah. can't be anything better for for you as a, a team owner and like a management team to see a guy that you threw you pick come up to the stage just fucking shit eating grin and talking to the commissioner going, this is what I wanted. You know, that has to be super exciting for them to see him just ecstatic to come to the team. Like you can't want anything, you know, more than that. Like the right attitude coming to the team. Plus he's got a good skill set. So I'm really happy about Mac Jones going to the Patriots. I I think I I agree with you guys. I think it's what they want. Uh, And I think that like what Jake said, he's not going to be a superstar, but I think he's also a guy that won't really lose you games. He might not win them for you, but I don't think he's going to lose them for you. And I think that's what Bill Belichick needs because then they're, Their defense will take off um and he's an expert at developing those types of players so mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's a good pick so my number three um i literally just changed this a bit ago uh because <laughs> uh i did i was done with going obscure guys so landon dickerson who just went to the yep. eagles uh he he was also on my list but i kept him off because he has knee issues and i think that's a thing but also acl <laughs> injuries aren't what they used to be yeah, uh, a while ago. I mean, look, yeah, it, that's fair. It, it happens all the time, and I think he also gets a chance to sit. They have Kelsey still, if I'm correct. Um, and if they need to plug him at guard for a season, they can do that. But there's no pressure to play him. And this guy was probably a top 15 pick if he has at least one knee that works. But I think he's had surgeries on both. Yeah. And so that's a big red flag. But I mean, that guy will maul people all day long, and it just makes the Eagles that much better with Hurts, with Miles Sanders. So. Miles Sanders is dog shit. I think honestly, straight Easy. up, I think he's gonna get replaced. By he's who? gonna get. Re- he's gonna get. Re- well. No, hold on. He's gonna get replaced simply out of the fact that I don't think the Eagles are going to pay a running back that kind of money, um, the kind of money he's gonna command. But he's. I also am on the Miles Sanders sucks train, but I've been looking into him a lot more. And a lot of what I found out, which I could do a whole episode on, and I'll probably do a whole episode on like my fantasy opinions at some point of like redraft guys or even dynasty guys, he's a lot better than we give him credit for. And I think a lot of his struggles were due to the fact that Carson Wentz was so fucking terrible last year. Bullshit. <laughs> Call bullshit. I okay, told you. I remember Kyle- talking to you. I was talking to you in Discord the moment that Hurts took over as quarterback, and I told you very directly this is going to suck for Miles Sanders. Why? Because he is supposed to be drafted as a pass-catching running back, and he dropped the fucking ball all the time. So now you have a quarterback that's good on his feet, and so you don't need Miles Sanders anymore. What you need is a pass-catching running back that you can give dump-off passes to on a run-pass option scheme, and Hurts is going to do that with Gainwell because Gainwell can catch the fucking ball. And so maybe Hertz sits there and does the majority of the actual carries, 
but you're going to have Gainwell taking a lot of those touches because he's going to be the one that's catching the ball. Maybe not right away, but it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, Miles Sanders dropped the ball a little bit here and there, but even just from a rushing perspective, he had seven drops last year. That's not unheard of. Like we have, we have to have a lot of drops. One, you have to be receiving a lot of volume in the passing game. You know, there were, for what it's worth, he's injury prone too. I just, I don't see Miles Sanders sticking around and being their guy. I really don't. How many running backs do you think have averaged 4.9 yards per attempt uh, with over 325 carries over their first two seasons? Are you talking about rushing specifically? Or yes, you talking about specifically rushing. That's what I'm saying. I think Miles Sanders is going to be the ball carrier. I think Gainwell is going to take the passes. I think Gainwell's a little raw. I, I, I yeah. like him, but I think he is a couple years away from being – he's not Antonio Gibson. He's not. That's fair. He's good. He's an athlete. He's an athlete, but, but I, regardless, how many running backs do you think have averaged 4.9 yards per attempt with over 325 carries with over their first two seasons? Ten. <laughs> Correct answer is twelve. Oh, oh so close. <laughs> and you know the the names that are on that list are guys like Emmett Smith, Matt Forte. Like you're talking about like historically elite running backs. So his profile to date fits that criteria obviously yes the injuries are a concern multiple injuries over two seasons is definitely yep. a, a big deal but if you can get miles sanders at a value especially in dynasty leagues where he's kind of already turned into a value in my opinion yeah, he is a value you're going to get him at a value because nobody has the faith in him anymore you can't trust that he's going to play especially in a 17 game season now he's not going to play 17 games so he's going to be somebody that sits on your bench and you use him to fill in on your bye weeks yeah Miles Sanders is not going to be your starting quarterback. I'm a proud Miles Sanders owner in our league, just to let you guys know. So <clears throat> I don't appreciate the slander. Is he sitting all. on your bench to be filling on a bye week? No, I think he's <laughs> in my flex. Actually, he's my starting running back because my running backs are garbage. <laughs> It'd be that way sometimes. He says my running backs are garbage. <laughs> referring really to bad. Miles Sanders. <laughs> oh, man. But we've got on a tangent here. Where are we at? Jake, is it you for your yep. next one? Yep. Or did so... you do yours, Ryan? Yeah, you did. Okay. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. We're good. Yeah, so um, we're on number five for me. Um, that's Trey Smith to the Chiefs. Um, another guy who fell down the draft board because of medicals. Um, the Chiefs have come out and said they're 100% confident in his medicals. They're not worried. Um, and I think he just really solidify any time you can solidify a line for the best quarterback in the game, yeah. that's, that's a huge upside pick to me. He was, he was in my, I think, I think he was my offensive, like my 12th ranked offensive lineman in the draft. And for him, because of these these medical concerns, which are, as we've talked about, legitimate, for him to fall to, like, I think it was the 30th offensive lineman taken, like, the value there is just insane. Like, you're potentially getting an elite offensive lineman for, for pennies on the dollar. And, I'm trying to and, find and, where he was picked. I'm having, I can't find it. I think it was a fifth rounder. I didn't actually write down their draft. Time I didn't either. Right. I should have. I just wrote down teams and players, but. Yeah, he, or, yeah, he was picked two twenty six. So that's what sixth round, seventh round. So you're you're getting a potential, you know, top three round talent. You're getting him in the sixth round. And if any team is going to make an offensive lineman play up a level, it's the Chiefs. Um, you know, especially with the way that they kind of revamped their entire offensive line this offseason. he fits the mold of what they're they're doing perfectly. And I I love the pick. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think you have to protect your quarterback, especially after what we saw in the Super Bowl. So I think good pick for them. Great value at the pick. 
that they could get. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to add for you. I think, like I said, I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad pick. So. I love all the lineman picks. I like Trey Smith. I thought he was going to go higher. I think he went higher in our draft. Yeah. Um, I mean, with those medical things, I guess, if, if the, the professionals are scared about him, I mean, I guess I get it, but I don't see the issue. He did get drafted right after the first long snapper getting drafted, Cam Cheeseman. Uh, he's not on my love or hate, but uh, fun fact. All right, Kyle, you're number four, I believe. Yeah, my number four. Before I go into that, I am going to rate this beer because I just finished it. And the more I drank it, the more I found that this beer tasted just like a Guinness to me. I love Guinness. And because of that, although it is average for stouts, I would say. Um, so I'm going to give this beer a 7.6. It is a good beer, uh, but it's very, very similar to Guinness. So I think you could, and I'm pretty sure this is more expensive than a Guinness. So I'd probably just buy a Guinness if I was going to get another one. Makes sense. I'm going to give mine a 5.8. It's fine. It's not. It's nothing special. It's it's good. I, I I'll drink it again, but I, it's not a beer I'd go out of my way specifically to get. Fair enough. Uh, I guess I'll hop in too. Uh, you guys rate pretty stiffly. I'll give the Bourbon County a solid seven. Uh, I mean, it's one of the more famous mass-produced ones, I think, at least in the area. Yeah. But it's nothing special. And 2019 was not a great year for it, but. Um, but it was 2017 terrible. though. I've got one sitting up there. The 2017 was as, is my favorite one that they've done so far. <laughs> I, I thought took that down, but I didn't. This year's was fine. I, it maybe it was just me, and I was already a little drunk when I started drinking it. But it tasted like soy sauce to me, which okay. I thought was really weird, but kind of kind of good at the same time. You kind of liked it, like yeah. The exotic soy. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, it's not bad. I can do this. All right. Pick number four for me, and I had a hard time with this one, and I, I made the pick, and I'm happy with the way that I, I, I ended up doing this, but I think, honestly, this could go in a love or hate column, depending on how you want to analyze the the team as a whole. Uh, but Javante Williams going to Denver, I love the pick in the end. I think with Philip Lindsay now gone and out of the way, uh, and Melvin Gordon in the final year of his contract, they had to have somebody that's going to come in and replace and be their guy. Uh, I think Javante Williams is a fantastic pick for them, and I think he's going to be a great running back. The reason why I say I have some confliction there is because obviously they need a fucking quarterback, uh, and they had the capability to take one, uh, obviously, and they would have had a good quarterback that they could have taken as well at their position. Uh, but that being said, I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to beat out Drew Locke in this season, and I think that they're going to be fine with Bridgewater playing. Drew Locke, there, there's no way they just stick with him for the whole season. I think maybe even he comes out of – yeah, you know, preseason and uh, the off season season and starts maybe a couple games, but I think they're eventually going to go to Bridgewater for the duration of the season, and maybe he can hold them out for a year while they uh, buy some time and then go get a quarterback. But Javante Williams, I think in the meantime, is going to be a great pick, and he can sit behind Melvin Gordon, take some of those touches. I think it's shitty for Melvin Gordon owners, which I am one in a league for sure. Uh, but while he develops, I think he's eventually going to be the guy, and I think he's going to be a fantastic weapon on that offense unpopular opinion they start drew lock the whole season just so they can lose and draft sam howell or spencer rattler next year it's not a terrible idea for them honestly uh it would suck for denver fans but fuck them you know like <laughs> you're building a dynasty not a season so well, i wouldn't even take one of those quarterbacks next year personally i don't know i don't know if i'm sold on any of them yet it's too early but i think you just Roll with Bridgewater or something that following season. I think Bridgewater is a great quarterback. I think he's gonna. I think he's way better than Drew Locke, and I think he's gonna 
he's done well when he when he's filled in as a temp starting quarterback in the places that he's gone. I think he has some work to do as well. He's not going to be your number one all-star quarterback. And he's not that exciting, but he's going to do the job. And I think he's going to be consistent for them uh, for the most part in Denver. And I, that's why I think there's no way they stick with Drew Locke. They just, he is not their guy. It's kind of like Trubisky. And I think they're going to hopefully veer away from him before they just sit on him too long uh, and give him too many attempts. So they need to just let Bridgewater come in be the guy for a year or two while they get somebody else. I think Drew Locke's biggest highlight was uh, lip syncing that Rick Ross song on the side. Everybody line. loves that shit. Dude, I that, think they even cool. saw it on Twitter. Like, this is the best Drew Locke moment so far in the NFL. Yeah, it was cool. I give him props. <laughs> the best part was that he, they, he like, inter- they asked him about it after the game, and he was like, I don't even remember what song it was. He was like, I was just in the moment. <laughs> um, all right, so my number four is – and. I was hesitant on this too because it's a size guy, uh, but Rondale Moore, um, I guess he, he measures small, but if there's one team that can run a college-style offense with a college-sized player and do it well, it's Cliff Kingsbury's college-style gimmick offense with a college quarterback. It's a college offense. It's a college team with good yeah. college players, and he will fit in. He's yeah. going to light it up. The fact that you just said he measures small, or like you guess he measures, he's five foot seven. Yeah. It's not just a measures small, kind of. He is fucking tiny. He's okay. How tall is Devonta Smith? Six foot. Oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) Five inches taller. This guy is short. So, yes, he is short, but he's also got one of the best pure athletic profiles that Mm -hmm. we've ever seen. Um, But that being said, you don't need every one of your wide receivers to be a big downfield target. There's nothing wrong with having a short guy who can just sprint across the field and nobody can catch him. You know, there's we've seen plenty of guys succeed like that. That's what that. Kyler Murray's for. He can't <laughs> and throw he's the short. ball and catch it. He is short. He's like the same height They're as They're trying him. to build the shortest offense in the NFL, I think, is the running joke, and it's They're hilarious. pretty close. It's going to work. If we see a three-wide set of Andy Isabella, Rondale Moore, and Christian Kirk, it might be the shortest. I will say that I am actually very, very excited though to watch Arizona this year. And I think if they, as they have a couple more years, probably with uh, DeAndre Hopkins as an elite player, I think it's going to be super exciting to watch those guys because I think they're probably going to be another kind of like sneaky contender this year. It's going to be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. The great thing too is that I live in Arizona and I can pop up there and see a couple games this year too and go watch it in person. I got to watch as he just fucking Kyler Murray absolutely just popped off two years ago. And I had him as my starting quarterback in fantasy too. So it was just, I was fucking losing my mind. Kyle, if you see Rondale more in person, let me know if he looks five, seven or if he looks like five, eight. On I am not that big of a dude and I am taller than him. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. He's small, I, I get it. I'm He's excited small. for the offense. Don't love Rondale more. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, again, this is the year of outliers where we're going to have to see guys break out of traditional molds. You know how many wide receivers over or under five foot nine inches tall have ever recorded three thousand career receiving yards? Why do you keep looking up these fucking? Yeah, where you get these from, bro? These are just the, Twitter. Just stay, follow. Get on. Get on fantasy football Twitter. You find this random shit out all the time, and then if you Let's anything like me, Let's it just sticks What's in your brain. Stat? One. Yeah. One Cole Beasley is the only wide receiver listed under undrafted receiver too. Talk about Dallas guys that were just super successful as undrafted free agents. Not Steve Smith. No, Steve Smith was. I think he was listed at five nine. Oh, he said under five nine. I thought it was five nine and under. Oh, no, under five nine. So Cole Beasley is the only one. But yeah, it's Cole Beasley see, is a fucking champ, by the way. 
That motherfucker played with like a broken fucking leg in <laughs> the playoffs. He's still a cool. shitty rapper though. I don't give a fuck about his rap career. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you got? For my number five? Yep. All right, uh, so again, not sexy, and maybe it's just because I'm a Steelers fan. Presley Harvin the third, the big unit punter. I thought he was related to uh, Percy Harvin, so I was really excited. There's no relation. But this guy is a boomer of a leg, first African-American to win the Ray Guy Award, and he can throw a spiral. So trick plays are on the dot. Uh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer in 20 years. You heard it here first. I love it. <laughs> Bro is 5'11", 263. Yeah, Absolute he probably shops big and tall, but just for the big <laughs> It's awesome. I love him. I want the jersey. He's number six, if anyone cares. I love, I love punter picks, so I'm down with that as well. You definitely love the non-sexy picks, and I love Oh, that yeah, that's you. what we're here for. I'm not sexy. My picks aren't sexy. It's great. It's all great. <laughs> all right, Kyle, wrap us up here. All right, my final pick, and it's purely from a team that needs to make uh, a lot of contingency plans this year, and I think that this is absolutely the right thing for them to do, especially with the limited number of picks they had in the draft, and that is Davis Mills going to Houston. Houston had to do something, because let's be honest, Tyrod Taylor is not the fucking answer. And on top of that, you're not going to have Deshaun Watson. Like, there's, There's no doubt in my mind that Deshaun Watson does not play a single snap for the Houston Texans this year. I think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor for a couple games. There's a chance maybe he plays the whole season if he can do, be successful and not puncture a fucking lung randomly and get Justin Herbert to take over. But if he can stay in the game, maybe he plays the whole season. But Davis Mills was the right pick for them uh, at quarterback to try to get somebody that can fill in for them if if it doesn't work out with Tyrod Taylor. So I love that pick for Houston. Also, Houston's just going to be a fucking goddamn trash team this year. That's so terrible. They could yep. go all in 16 this year. Yep. 100%. Or 17. 17. Yeah. My bad. Yep. They could break the record there. I agree with that wholeheartedly you know it was a good move for them um obviously any quarterback after those the first the big five were projects but you know it is what my it honorable is. mention at, uh that i wanted to throw on this list but i can't because technically he didn't get drafted and jay cates is player and i fucking love the player and i wish he would have gotten drafted but i love austin watkins going to san francisco by the way so super excited about that i don't Sammy hate Watson's it I just, let's go I, I baby just... I think he. I just think he's fine. Like I mean, I have picked up shares of him. I think in every single one of our leagues. I'm I think super so. excited just to keep him in the fucking. He's just going to be in my uh, taxi squad, just waiting it out. But I'm super excited for him. Yeah. All right. So let's hop over quickly to the five picks that we hate. Um, my the first pick that I hate is prob- maybe controversial, maybe not. I don't know. Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Just from a fantasy perspective, I fucking hate it because his upside is now capped by the fact that they have two other legitimately good wide receivers there. You have another alpha build in T. Higgins. You have Tyler Boyd, who was pacing out as a a wide receiver one in PPR last year before Burrow's injury. And you miss out on, you know, taking a top offensive lineman when that's clearly the biggest need on that team outside of, you know, some defensive struggles there too. I just feel like the pick could have been used a little bit better. I feel like if you were going to take Chase, why not try and trade down a few picks where you probably could have gotten him anyway and, you know, you know, sold picks to, I don't see any reason, you know, if Fields was still there at five, like maybe the Bears trade up, maybe another team trades up that, you know, didn't have a chance. The Bears and the Giants said their trade worked out on Thursday before, or like before the draft even started. So, you know, I just think you could have gone a better route with that pick to help the team a little bit more as a whole. That being said, Chase was the clear wide receiver one in the class. So I can't not, at least they didn't do that for like Jalen Waddle. I 
have my hates in less of a particular order. I kind of had to go through, like I struggled to find the ones that I hated. Uh, but Jamar Chase does appear on my list as well. I hate the pick. I can't believe they they made it. I think they wanted to reunite Burrow with Chuck 100%. Chase. And cool, good for fucking you. Now Burrow's going to die to 8 billion fucking hits because you chose not to protect him. And so, uh, you know, like you're just putting your 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 guy, like your quarterback for the next 10 years, hopefully, at significant risk so you can match him up with a receiver from college. Like you, like you said, you have elite receivers already on that offense. You have Tyler Boyd, who's a fucking PPR monster. Not that that matters for them. Like, obviously, it helps us as fantasy owners. But you have Tyler Boyd, who is still a very successful receiver that makes big plays, and you can go downfield. And then you've got T. Higgins, who is a super young dude. He's going to be a guy, they're another one of their guys for a long time. And so, honestly, this sucks in my opinion, from a team perspective and from a fantasy perspective, which is why I'm trading away T Higgins in every fucking place that I can, because I think he's still going to be good. He's going to get some of the touches, but Chase is going to eat into those touches for sure. And I don't think he's going to be as high in my list anymore. Uh, and I picked him up a lot in pre NFL draft uh, drafts for the fantasy. And now, like I said, I'm trying to get rid of him. So again, Jamar Chase does definitely appear in my, my hate list as well. So I'll make us go three for three. He's also on my hate list. Um, <laughs> And being an NFC, AFC North guy, first off, I was stoked about the pick because uh, for the Steelers, it couldn't work out any better. Um, I get it, though. I think we all kind of get it. It's bringing yeah. Burroughs with his buddy. And now you got three top-notch receivers for passing game. And they did take Jonah Williams in the first round two years ago. He's been hurt. They took Billy Price in the first round three years ago or four years ago. He's been hurt. They don't have the track record with those offensive linemen. Now, I don't think Sewell – or whoever they would have wanted uh, was. Maybe he's less injury-prone. He's 20 years old, whatever. Maybe they just didn't want it. Maybe they were scared. But it was a dumb pick, I thought. And it, we might eat our words. but And they got an offensive lineman in the second round anyways. But I, Frankly, pick. at the end of the day, I don't even care if I eat my words on this. I think yeah. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it was the wrong pick. I think – uh, fuck me, dude. I'm not an NFL fucking like team owner or whatever, and I'm not a coach, and I have absolutely <laughs> no experience with professional sports whatsoever. So, like, I'm – Whatever, I'm just like I, I won't change my opinion on this. I don't think how, no matter how successful he is, I think they should have protected their quarterback at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I'm one to always say I'd rather be wrong on something that you know I'm convinced on than be right on a guess. Like mm-hmm. I'm convinced that the Bengals would be a better team in 2021 if they had a Rashad Slater, if they had a you know Penny Sewell, you know if if. I feel like if they have one of those top offensive linemen, they're a better overall team. And that's just where I'm at with that. Um, another pick that I hate, um, Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders. It's a typical John Gruden reach. Um, he, he picked a guy because he went to Bama. He's a third-round offensive lineman in my book who was taken way too high when you consider all of their needs. like John Gruden is just proving himself to be a bigger and bigger idiot every single year. Um, and just his history of reaching on Alabama players is not good as it is, and I don't know why he keeps doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll hop in on this. I think Alex Leatherwood is going to have a very average 10-year career as a starting lineman, but at, what, pick 17? You don't pick a 10-year average offensive lineman. Yeah, He's fine. He's not big. He can play guard or tackle, but... I, I agree with you. He was on my list as well. You guys keep stealing mine, so I'm just going to log off now and <laughs> catch, catch this later. But, yeah, I agree with you. Terrible pick. 
All right, my number one, because I don't have anything to add to that conversation. I don't pay that much attention to defensive players as a whole, honestly. I look at Iowa Hawkeye players, and I get really excited when they get drafted, and that's about it. Uh, and none of them appeared on my love list, so sorry. Uh, but my number one hate, and this probably is my absolutely number one hate, is ETN going to the fucking Jaguars. I don't get it. What a stupid fucking pick. What a fucking stupid pick. They had the opportunity to get fields and then continue to develop in so many, so many other ways. They're like, well, let's take back-to-back Clemson players. Like, Why? What the fuck do you need Travis Etienne for? You have James Robinson, which is, this is a giant goddamn kick in the nuts to James Robinson. I think that's what pisses me off the most is he it's, came into your team and he fucking balled out and you just said, fuck you. I'm drafting a fucking running back. And we've seen time and time again teams wasting too much capital on running backs. A first-round pick, you have to be like – the elite of the elite to be considered a first round running back for like, if I was a GM just because of the money that I'm going to have to pay you, the commitment that I'm going to have to have to you. When I have a guy like James Robinson on my team, he, he's not a superstar. He doesn't have the home run potential that ETN has. He doesn't have the passing skill that ETN has. I do think ETN is better than James Robinson, but with almost no investment in the running back position, there's so many better ways you can improve that team. You have so many holes on defense. You have some. You have additional offensive holes. Every single tight end that you have on your roster is a blocking specific tight end. Like there's just yep. so like you could have gone. Every one of them. You could have gone a, a Pat Fryermuth there. You could have gone a Brevin Jordan. Even though I think both of those would have been reaches in that in that draft pick. There was you. Could, you definitely should have probably gone safety. Um, you know, I just think it's a it's a knock to him. It's a knock to you know Chenault's value goes down. Um, you know, now you have essentially four guys who are competing for passing work. And then James Robinson, who's going to be your, your goal line back, your third down guy. You know, I think, I think they said they wanted ETN to be the third down guy. I think it's more than likely going to be flipped. I think Robinson's a better blocker than ETN is. So I think it's more likely that we see Robinson take over the third down role there, or at least the goal line role, which is, it just puts a knock on every single one of their values for a fantasy perspective. And I agree that I, that one wasn't on my list, but I do hate that pick. I just love the fact that like everyone's hyped up on Urban Meyer going to the fucking NFL, and like he gets Trevor Lawrence, everyone's stoked, and then everything else that I was seeing in this draft, I was just like, God damn it, what the fuck? And they had so much draft capital in this draft, and I think yeah. they just squandered a lot of it. And then, like you said, you know, like you you could have developed in so many different places that would have been more helpful to your team as a whole. And you can give James, even if James Robinson's not your guy for the long haul, he's gonna fucking work. For you and he's gonna put in a ton of time just to try to look he balled out and he's he fuck he, wasn't he undrafted yeah yep. and so it's like i don't get it man like like you said you don't have a ton of investment there he's somebody that's still gonna work hard for you and now you are just squandering the talent that you have and the pick that you had where you could have developed in a number of different ways and you're just like kicking this dude in the fucking dick that just put in absolute work for your team and you're just like Ah, never mind. Oh, and by the way, Urban Meyer wants to fucking ETN to be a, a wide receiver, apparently. And I don't know if that was if the intent is just to give him some work on catching the ball because they just so wanted, you know. I, I, I looked into that a little bit more, I guess, because of um, Lawrence's shoulder surgery on his labrum. They wanted him to, like, take fake snaps and, like, he wasn't really throwing a whole lot. But because of his, his shoulder injury, he couldn't hand the ball off anyway. So they wanted to at least just keep him out there and keep him getting work. I so it's not interesting. That sounds well, terrible. But also at the same time, you have like Joe Mixon was lining up out wide, and the excuse that they gave for him doing that in in OTAs was they didn't want him to accidentally run into Burrow. Like so, you know, it's obviously coach talk is coach talk, but yeah, there's there's 
I especially when you have when you have Robinson on an undrafted free agent contract, why not wait till a better running back class in 22 and 23? The next two running back classes are so much better than this class was, deeper all the way around. It just seems like it, there's a better opportunity there. Yep. You guys, you guys took a lot of my thoughts on this, and this is one of my picks, so I don't mind expanding. But first off, I don't know if you draft a quote-unquote third down running back in the first round. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was some coach talk bullshit, like yeah, I, trying not to piss that. James Robinson off on draft night. But, but then secondly, so you, you guys also brought up a good point with like the money and stuff. James Robinson is probably making almost the minimum, if not the minimum. Yep. And now you're committing four years of draft slot, what, uh, 20-something, 23-24? And in the Steelers draft of Najee Harris, which I think I'm okay with, he's heads and above, in my mind, as an NFL player of Travis Etienne. He's a fine player, but you just don't you don't draft the third down running back. And, Kyle, are you from Illinois? Did you no, grow up from in Iowa. Okay, so we're in Iowa. Northeastern, Cedar Falls, Waterloo area. Okay, so Rockford's like 50, 60 miles from you. It's 50, 60 miles from us. I know where it's at. Grove. Yeah, yeah. He's a local guy. So screw the Jaguars. Screw Etienne. Worst pick ever. James Robinson's a dog. He's local-ish enough. We're big James <laughs> Robinson guys now. Yeah, Dude, I've been local. a big James Robinson guy. I tried to trade <laughs> for him in a lot of leagues to keep him, like in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues. I've tried to pick up James Robinson. And obviously, mm-hmm. this, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, we could beat this horse probably to death all day. Cause I think this is just like the most infuriating pick in the draft for me. Like I thought, yeah, I, I, like I said, I could just bitch about it and bitch about it. I just don't get it. And I think it was, it was silly to fucking just as bad as it is to pick up Jamar chase uh, for the Bengals. I think it's way, way worse to just try to pair up Etienne with fucking Lawrence. I, I just, just fucking dumb. We love James Robinson. We do love James Robinson out here. Shout out to you, James Robinson. We care about yeah, right? you. Is he Even watching, the, is he watching the pod? He better be watching. He's got to be. He's got to be watching the pod. I'll tag. I'll tag him on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so the next, the next pick that I hate is another Jacksonville pick. As we talked about, Urban Meyer just fucking everything up in the draft. Walker Little to Jacksonville. The reason I hate the pick: second round pick, forty fifth overall. The man has played one game since twenty nineteen. One game. Yes, he's a big dude. When he has played, he's been a very good offensive lineman. With as deep as this class was, if you liked Walker Little, you probably could have gotten him in the fourth or fifth. You could have taken yeah. a better offensive. You could have taken a Tevin Jenkins here. or Was that before or after the Bears drafted him? I don't know. There was so many better offensive linemen in this draft. You could have taken uh, – let me see here. So they took him at 45. So just a few guys that came after. I like Jackson Carmen, who went one pick later more. I like Radunes more. I like Creed Humphrey more. I like Brady Christensen more. I like Jalen Mayfield more. Like the next five linemen off the board were better value picks. It just seems like a, another stretch of a college coach. That's what Gruden is in my mind. He's just an old school college coach who's stuck in the NFL because he signed a 10-year, $100 million contract or whatever the fuck it was. And it was just a bad pick. Like, there's just so many better options there. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add on this one. I don't, like, I, I've already kind of spewed my spiel about how I don't like the way that Jacksonville drafted outside of Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see how Urban Meyer ends up. I don't know if he's going to be successful. The big thing, like, kind of his excuse, I suppose, is that he's used to being able to just hop out there as a college coach and get the players that he wants because he can offer them the right, you know, fucking scholarships or opportunity to win or whatever, probably a bunch of under-the-table money. Uh, and cash and strippers and shit and massage therapists <laughs> that are gonna fuck him or whatever it is with all the controversy going on. But anyway, like there's 
there's a lot of things that he could do as a college coach that he can't do necessarily as an NFL coach. And I don't know if this is just an adjustment period for him, which is unfortunate because it was a massive draft capital year for the Jaguars. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out for them. Maybe I'll eat my words on this one too. Uh, Jake, I love, I love talking, you know, big linemen, not sexy picks. Walker Little, I agree with you. I heard I, – I haven't watched him play because he – last when he played, I was 25, 24. Uh, it's a long time ago. Uh, I heard he he's a good-looking guy, but yeah. when he's played one game, I mean, that's only one more game than you have played in college football in that <laughs> frame, which is kind of scary. I mean, it, it's kind of like taking a Jake Perry or a Walker Little almost at this point. Just, yeah, it's it's <laughs> – Obviously, I'm not six seven and 320 pounds. I'm, you know, sitting over here, you know, five ten on a good day and 155 pounds. It's, you know, it's not. Obviously, it's not the same situation, but it kind of is. Like you're you're taking a huge flyer on a guy because you like his physical profile, which is fine. People do it all the time. Um, that's why Kadarius Tony's a first round pick. Um, but like, I, I just I don't like it. It's there is so many better options here. And just so we have time to talk about the, the Mac and Wilson debate here, let me fire off my last two that I have here. Um, this one, probably mostly from a, a fantasy perspective, I hate it, but also just from a real-life football perspective, I hate it. Tylen Wallace to Baltimore. He was my wide receiver five in the class who now has to go and be the third. Waste his talent. Yeah, yeah, be the third option in that offense behind. I think he'll probably command more targets than Hollywood Brown will. But Rashad Bateman was my wide receiver two in the class. And, you know, the two, two of the top five wide receivers in the class going into a run-heavy offense, it's not fun ever. And then the pick, the fifth pick that I hated was Elijah Mitchell, the San Francisco. He's my running back four. I think he's got – he's more athletic. He's got a better production profile than Trey Sermon does, and he's now stuck in an offense that's got – that's 20 running backs deep, even with the Jeff Wilson injury today. Um, you know, he's going to be out for four to six months. Like, it's just – he could have gone to a team where he could have le- competed for a legitimate role right away. And now like he's, he's now dependent on one of either Raheem Mostert or Trey Sermon getting hurt. And I just don't like either. I just, I just don't like that for, for as, as much as I liked him coming into the draft, it was probably like a worst case scenario landing spot for me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll fire mine off really quick too. So that way we don't waste the time. Like you said, so uh, next on my list was Rondale Moore. Uh, I think I, I hate the pick for Arizona. I really don't get it. I think there was better receivers on the board. And I think they also have a huge need at tight end that they could have fulfilled at this point too with Pat Fryermouth and a couple other guys still on the board. So I don't like the pick with Rondale Moore. And I think it's even possible. I, I was just looking to see, and I just realized that they didn't have a third round pick. Otherwise I would have said they probably could have gotten him in the third, potentially, maybe. I don't know for sure, but uh, they never had a third round pick anyway. So I think he definitely would have been gone by the fourth, but I still don't, I don't like the pick for, for Arizona. Um, and you know, I don't know, dude. Like like you said, there's like some some receivers out there that are going to be high talent receivers that are bigger and maybe not like all well rounded. Just like like you said with Rondell Moore, but he's fucking tiny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, on top of that, then I added Trey Lance to my list because I can't believe San Francisco didn't take Justin Fields. Uh, I'm happy for Chicago, but I think fucking San Francisco is out of their goddamn mind. I think Trey Lance was easily quarterback four, maybe and behind three other solid quarterbacks. And so I don't, I don't get that pick at all. Uh, and we could probably have that debate if you guys wanted to, but um, I don't like Trey Lance going to San Francisco. Uh, and my final one is Kadarius Tony going to New York, which is hilarious because I actually love this pick for me because I'm a Dallas fan and fuck you, New York. But also <laughs> why, why Kadarius Tony? Why? I could do a whole episode on all of the reasons why I hate Kadarius Tony. <laughs> 
I could go on for that. I could go off on that pick for days upon days, but I won't do that. I will let Ryan say his piece and then uh, list the picks that he hates. Hey, really quick, by the way, with Rondale Moore, just to throw one more jab out there, Rondale Moore, uh, the history of Arizona drafting good receivers is little to none. They just like to take all of the older, nearly retired receivers that are good and just keep playing them for a couple of years. So their draft capital at receivers always trash. But anyway, on uh, to you. Wait, 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 hold on. Have you heard of a, a guy named Anquan Bolden? Or Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, that's it, actually. Did they draft Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah, yeah. baby. Hail the he pit. stuck with them the whole time? Okay. For I, some reason, yeah. I thought he had gotten he came over to them later. but Also, your guys' Tony slander is trash because I own him. And it was a terrible <laughs> pick. I didn't know who to pick. But, okay, so I think I have, I have I, two hates. Oh, go ahead, Mike. When you picked him, I think that was probably – that's probably where you should be picked. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice and late. Um. All right, so the, the two hates I have left, and this was my size guy. Obviously, it wasn't Rondale Moore because um, he's on my love. Tutu Atwell, the guy is the size of a high school football player and not a good one. He's like your backup wide receiver. He's smaller than me. He's, yeah. he's fast as shit. We know that. He's smaller than Rondale Moore. He, but he goes to a good system, and I, I get this. McVay will figure out how to use a child at wide receiver before anybody else. <laughs> Yeah. But and it, I, this isn't too too slander. Like I don't want him to get mad at me. He's just small. I think the NFL is moving that way. But uh, think of you guys or myself even taking a hit from a middle linebacker. He's going to die on the field. Um, yeah. But then last one really quick. So two two's really short. Gregory Russo is really really tall. He's six seven. Um, he got drafted by Buffalo as an edge rusher. He sat out this year. Really lanky. He started his football career as a safety. And I feel like that's a stretch going from safety to a defensive end. He's athletic, but he's small. He's light. And I couldn't tell you too many really good six foot seven edge rushers. Cause at some point you face a height disadvantage in a leverage game. And you usually don't. I mean, Mario Williams, he was six, six peppers, six, six. No one was six, seven. I couldn't tell you. So I just had to look back at the depth chart for the Rams, just to kind of collaborate with your pick there. And I just, he's sitting at their, behind literally everybody in this fucking depth chart so i don't know why they wasted the capital on him to begin with yeah he's probably their current wide receiver four he's probably well that i you can't trust any depth chart out there right now but he probably beats out everybody that's not van jefferson robert woods and cooper cup you know he probably they probably use him as a gadget guy though he's gonna be a Tariq cohen he's gonna be a curtis samuel he's gonna line up in the slot when he does line up they're gonna bring him in the backfield they're gonna use him on bubble plays like he's gonna he's gonna get some use he's gonna be he's gonna be relevant enough like he's like we talked about you know man man a four four forty. he's a burner like he's got the speed it's just can the man can he take a hit he's gonna come across the middle he's gonna get blindsided kyle fuller could kill the guy for christ's sake i mean I just don't yeah, think I, you want to com- be compared to Tariq Cohen. I don't think I thought he was a massive bust too. I don't yeah, know I'm why you, I like him. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the two two Atwell pick, and he almost made my hate list as well. All right. Well, those are the uh, ten picks that we love slash hate. Um, and now we want to talk about uh, guys we love slash hate. So um, I, I made a controversial, <laughs> apparently controversial oh, sure tweet. Did. Not only was it a controversial tweet, but you also made a substantial bet with me, which is going to be absolutely. I shouldn't fantastic. have done that bet because my rankings were dynasty rankings, and then I make a bet for 2021. Yeah, I don't give was... a fuck what your rationale was because you're going to lose this bet, and I am so absolutely goddamn stoked about it. 
Yeah, probably. It's fine. I'll drink some fucking Bloody Marys on the episode. I don't give a shit. Anyway. So Jake hates tomatoes and tomato juice. So what he bet me as we enter this topic was that Mac Jones is going to have a better season in 2021 than Zach Wilson. Which that was, was the bet. Dumb bet by me. Should and not I have said done that it. if I lost, I will drink exclusively Malort on an episode of the podcast. Yeah. And Jake said he will drink exclusively Bloody, Bloody Marys with the mix of my choosing and the vodka of my choosing on an episode of the podcast. Yeah. So... Um, anyways, the, so I published my rankings earlier in this offseason of the top 10 at pretty much every position um, that's fantasy relevant anyways. And I decided to make my kind of spicy take of the offseason be that I think Mac Jones will be better in the NFL than Zach Wilson. That's not As, what you said, though. You said in 2021. Uh, that's, I, was, I was drunk bet tweeting with you. This was not the time to make a bet with me. I think, oh, it was the exact time to make a bet well, with yeah, you. Yeah, for you. I think that over the course of their career, I do think Mac Jones will have a better NFL career than Zach Wilson, and here's my reasons why. You guys can rebut these as I go down this list, but I do have a list of about 10 things. Um, Wilson is better. He ranked higher versus cover one. Mac Jones ranked higher against cover two, cover two man, and cover four defenses. So we've seen Mac be more successful against various different types of defenses in a much more competitive system in college. He's had, obviously, the strength of schedule argument can be had, um, that it's not as important. We've seen guys, you know, come out of places like North Dakota State and win MVPs, um, and we've seen guys come out of Alabama and twiddle away their thumbs as a backup for their entire career. Yep. Wilson also had a better offensive line based on the level of competition that he played. Wilson is not an anticipation thrower. He very much needs to see his guys open. He doesn't, he's not a guy who's leading guys open all that frequently. Anyway, he's finding open receivers, which is, it's a skill in in and of itself to find open wide receivers as consistently as Zach Wilson did. But just off of the film that I have watched, I think he does lack a little bit in the timing throw department, which is going to be fine. His offense isn't going to rely on like a West coast style offense where you need those, that type of play. Um, but one area that I do have concern, Wilson threw to the middle of the field at a lower rate than I think it was like the top 15 quarterbacks in, in college football last year, throwing to be so scared seemingly of an entire third of the field is a, is a very big concern, especially with an offense that if you're running like a more of a read option style offense, you're going to see a lot more slant routes. You're going to see a lot more dig routes. Like you're going to see, you're going to see the ball have to go to the middle of the field that often. And that's a fear. If it is a fear anyway, that he's going to have to get over. And it is a definite area of concern for me. Um, one place where I do agree that Wilson is better suited for the NFL than Mac Jones is Wilson clearly has much more arm talent than Mac Jones does. Um, Mac Jones has a really good intermediate ball. He has a really good short ball. But past that, you know, his his range, he probably caps out at about 50-ish yards. In his pro day, he was underthrowing guys who were in that 50 to 55-yard range with no pads, no pressure, and being able to step into the throws, whereas we saw guys like Wilson, Kellen Mond, be able to, you know, run to their weak side and throw on the run and throw 65-yard dots. Like, Wilson very clearly has much more arm talent um, than Mac Jones, but I think Jones has a better, I think he's more football IQ. I think he understands the pocket a little bit better and he's not, you know, I, there were times where I think Wilson, he had to kind of get out of, he had to stay in his comfort zone, which was 
being in charge. And that's not always going to be the situation that you have in the NFL where you're not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to scramble out of the pocket and, you know, wait and have six, seven, eight seconds to get a guy open. Like he did in college. Like it's just not going to happen consistently enough in the NFL. So he's going to have to develop a lot of his, his, you know, anticipatory skills and his understanding of the, his surroundings, I think to be as successful against pressure in the NFL. Um, Alabama's wide receivers, you know, they've had plenty of, you know, first round draft pick wide receivers over the past few years. Every single one of them that was asked the question said that they preferred catching balls from Mac over Tua. I guess this matters maybe a lot, maybe a little. Maybe it's that Mac doesn't throw the ball as hard, so it doesn't hurt their hands when they catch the ball. Maybe it means that they think that Mac is a better quarterback than Tua. I don't think Mac is a better quarterback than Tua. I also don't think that Tua is that good of a quarterback, in my opinion. Too early to say. But I'd Should again, it's magic. <laughs> probably. Um, I do think Jones is a better anticipatory thrower. And as a result, I do think but. that he can fit um, in scheme. He's, you know, less scheme dependent. He probably will succeed the best in a West Coast style offense. And he's going to be able to succeed um, when he has, you know, he can just make timing throws and he doesn't have to rely on his arm to throw guys open. Um, but I do think that he fits current NFL offenses a little bit better. Um, especially the offense that he ended up going to in New England. I do think he fits that well there. Um, and he's not as athletic. He's probably, you know, I, I still stand by my tweet that Ryan disagreed with that I could run a faster 40-yard dash than Mac Jones. <laughs> but um, Mac showed elite pocket awareness. He was one of the best at understanding, you know, his space in the pocket and when he could move up, when he didn't need to move up. And I just think he handled that really well. I do still not love Mac Jones as an NFL quarterback, but – at least until 2023, I think Mac Jones is the better quarterback. If Wilson is developed well in his offense, I do think he has a much higher ceiling than Mac Jones. In that quarterback 4-5 range, I'll take the floor over the ceiling, though, which is my main reason for Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. Rebut my arguments. Christ, I feel like I don't have to. I feel like you just convinced me even more that I like Zach Wilson. Agreed. I feel like the only thing that you told me in that entire thing was that you think he doesn't anticipate the throw well and fine and that he's not gonna be able to scramble and buy time i don't think he's gonna need to and i think he's gonna they're building this offense around him i think he's got good weapons this year and i think they're gonna continue to build for zach wilson not only to protect but to give him op uh, options to throw but also he's fast and he's good on his legs and i think from the film that i saw because i very rarely watch film on players but i watched a lot of fucking film on zach wilson because i knew i was gonna take him at the 102 and i wanted to confirm my pick and i think he's got great vision i think he's got great arm skills i think he can move and i think he's capable of being an NFL caliber quarterback. And I think from what I've seen from him, I haven't watched like, uh, like highlights or tape or anything, if it's available from uh, his camp right now. But I think from what we're hearing from the players that he's being surrounded by is that they're very excited for this season. And that he's performing and taking control of the field and doing what he needs to do as a quarterback to run that team. And I don't think you convinced me in the slightest that Mac Jones is going to be better. I am not excited about Mac Jones. Although he is on my love list in terms of where he ended up. And I think he's going to fit that offense well. I am not ever going to think that Mac Jones is going to be better than Zach Wilson. Uh, so you guys really nailed stuff on the head that was really cool and informational. Uh, but <laughs> here goes why Zach Wilson is better. First off, now, uh, I don't know how loosey-goosey we're allowed to get on this podcast. As loosey as a, goosey as you want. He is a Mormon in New York City. He is not going to get in trouble. He's not going <laughs> to catch mono. He's not going to go out <laughs> clubbing. There is, he is going to go home. 
and go to bed at 10.30 and wake up and watch film. He's going to be a great character guy. And it's nothing – I'm not, like, slamming Mormon. I should probably go back on that. He just he, – he's not going to have those temptations. And maybe he will. Maybe we'll see him on Breaking Amish in eight years. Whatever. Okay? <laughs> but great. Secondly, he has really nice hair with a headband. And if sure you're back with swag, like Kyler Murray, who rocks the headband, Sure Jim McMahon, I think, rocked a headband. He rocked shades. Who cares? Great quarterback. And then lastly, he has the nearest arm strength of a Patrick Mahomes. So that's my only cool football thing for Zach Wilson. What is Mac Jones good at doing? Throwing to All-American wide receivers while playing on All-Madden and the defense is playing in rookie mode because they are that much better than everybody else. He smokes a mean stogie. After he does smoke games. Games. It's cool, but Shout his to lungs, as well. But his lungs will be bad over time <laughs> after smoking stogies, so he can't evade pressure. And lastly, well, he couldn't evade just... fucking pressure if he never smoked a stogie in his goddamn life. <laughs> he better have the best offensive <laughs> line fucking protecting him. The man is built like happy. a fucking Lego character. <laughs> He's not like this. You see that fucking yeah. strut out to fucking accept the pick? That yeah. Man, he, he has you know no what? swag. And he, if you put Trevor Lawrence's hair on Mac Jones, he kind of looks like a girl. He That's does absolutely look like a chick. Zach Wilson would look like a total dude with Trevor Lawrence's hair. So, Have you seen, actually, the pictures of Zach Wilson with Trevor Lawrence's yes. hair? Because he not definitely Zach looks Wilson. like a woman. Not, I look, it up. look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Well, we're <laughs> talking about it. You'll, you'll see. He is definitely looks like a woman, too. Zach Wilson. That being said, though, I, like I said, Jake, I think the one thing that you do have is a valid argument uh, that I will accept is that the fact that but Ryan kind of countered this too with like one of his valid football points there is that uh, Zach Wilson at BYU definitely had an easier schedule and just an, like a lower level of competition at the college game than Mac Jones did. But also like Ryan mentioned, like Mac Jones had fucking elite receivers that he was throwing to uh, throughout his career. And so I just, I don't think that Mac Jones is going to be as successful going to a downgrade in receiver as Zach Wilson will be going to an increase in competition. I think Zach Wilson is going to continue to make good decisions. He's going to be mobile and he's going to have a fucking arm of a little golden Mormon God. Uh, and he can continue to throw that ball downfield. Uh, I can't find it. So if someone could just share it on the screen, what I I'll did find it, I'll, I'll tweet it to you. Or I'll send it to you Zach Wilson's girlfriend, I think. And again, if he's set, if he has a girlfriend, New York is no temptation. He is going to be celibate, and he's going to win. <laughs> he's going to unleash a whole other mode that we've never seen from a quarterback. So, Zach Wilson to the moon with Dogecoin. Oh, God. <laughs> so, no, again, don't again, do it. I, I still do like Zach Wilson. I do think that Wilson probably will be better this year, which is why this bet was stupid, and I was drunk and shouldn't have taken it. I do think – I made some legitimate points, though. You know, I we do. Zach Wilson had the best numbers against a cover one defense. Mac Jones consistently performed well against various different styles of defenses. Does that play to their ability to read those defenses? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I do think we also have to consider that even though, you know, even though Lawrence had, or not Lawrence, even though Mac Jones had great receivers, he had a really good offensive line he's going to have that at the professional level. Like he's still going to be, he's still going to have guys on the Alabama team that were big parts of that offense who are never going to play a, a snap in the NFL. 
there's going to be people who are part of that BYU team who may never play a snap on the NFL. It's, you know, obviously that the competition argument isn't everything, which is why I don't make it a huge point. Um, but it, I, th- I just think it's worth noting that, you know, if you have NFL ready talent, NFL wide receivers who say that they prefer Mac Jones over a consensus top two quarterback from a different draft class, I think it's something to be considered. Dude, I can't find this now either, and it's going to drive me nuts because I, I know I that think, I've seen this. I saw it on Twitter. That's where I saw it too. Is Twitter. Mac Jones with his hair? They also did with Zach Wilson. Yes, but, I saw it exactly like it was just a, a hair swap. Maybe I'll just have to fucking get better at Photoshop and just do it for you because I can't find it right now either. But I have definitely seen him uh, hair swapped with Trevor Lawrence, and he most definitely looks like a chick. Jake, you brought up like really good points though. But again, I mean. If I'm if I'm a GM drafting a quarterback, do you want a quarterback who has never sipped alcohol or done any devilly sins, or do you want Mac fucking Jones who has two DUIs, two, not one, <laughs> not one. He has a second one, and he still smokes stogies, and he's he's not gonna have lungs, he's not gonna have a liver. How do you win if you can't even live, Jake? To be lose. fair, Aaron Rodgers smokes stogies. Aaron Rodgers drinks like four fingers of scotch after every game. Good for him. Yeah, okay, that's good for Aaron Rodgers. And look at him now. He can't even play for the Packers. He doesn't <laughs> want to be on their team. It's because they won't let him smoke stogies anymore. Correct. That's got to be they're what it is. They're trying smoke. to pull the scotch bottle away from him. Because they have Jordan Love. And Utah State, I think, is also a Mormon school. So Jordan <laughs> Love is probably pure. I don't know. I'm all aboard the Zach Wilson train. I am so excited to watch him play, honestly. And, uh, I think if you would have made the debate with me of a Justin Fields Zach Wilson debate, I think you would have had a lot more legitimate points to make, and that we could have had a more oh, yeah. in-depth Justin, conversation. The fact and that I, you don't think Justin Fields is quarterback two is mind blowing to me. I don't totally disagree with you. I am very excited with Zach Wilson and his play. I think that there is a conversation to be had about uh, the different, the more well-rounded quarterback that Justin Fields is. Uh, that doesn't make me less excited about Zach Wilson, but I think if we would have made that bet, I probably wouldn't have taken it because that's a conversation to be had. I think Mac Jones is not in that same conversation at the same caliber of quarterback. And I think you are absolutely incorrect. And I think Zach Wilson is going to not only just blow the piss out of him in 2021, and I'm going to love watching you drink Bloody Marys, but I think also Zach Wilson is going to have a good career around with the Jets very, very clearly wanting to build that offense around him. Uh, last thing, since you brought up Justin Fields, uh, I think I saw like a Chipotle thing. Is he a vegetarian or a vegan? I don't think he's either. I think that's just what his order is, but I could be wrong. Who orders Sofritas and likes meat? Not me. I want all the meat. So I would want a meat eater as my quarterback too. So that's Somebody it. that can keep the protein up. Yeah. What are some of the other fucking vegetarians in the NFL? Aren't there quite a few? I feel like there's at least a couple. Cam. Maybe... Uh, Von Miller is, I believe. Name a good player, then we talk. Von Miller? <laughs> Cam Achilles. He doesn't have an Achilles right now because he didn't fine. have meat. The meat Cam, that's why Cam Newton got COVID. Got to be. He's yeah. a vegetarian. I'm telling you, why would you? Look, like Dan Campbell would never have any of these players on his team on the Lions. <laughs> they eat raw steak when they come in the building. Fields did turn to a vegan diet, but that's all. That statement is also not true because I found another article that says he still eats eggs and fish. So he's fine. He's picking lean proteins. So he's, he's a getting liar. his healthy. He's getting lean proteins. He's getting his healthy fats in there. Mm. I don't know. All right, I'm trying to look this up right now. I found a, an article with uh, some plant-based players. Isn't Tom Brady also a vegetarian, by the way? Actually, yes, he is. He's the first one on this list. 
Tom Brady, vegetarian. Cam Newton, vegetarian. Theo Riddick, vegetarian. Mm. David Carter, vegetarian. Derek Morgan, vegetarian. Daquan mm. Jones, Colin mm. Kaepernick, Andre Patton. <laughs> this is not a good list. Best well, quarterback of all Tom time, Brady. vegetarian. <laughs> okay. That's great. Tom Brady also looks bad with a shirt off. So does Mac Jones. But it doesn't... <laughs> you can look bad with the shirt off if you're married to Giselle Bunchen. Dude, that might so, actually be my favorite thing that came out of the draft is the Mac Jones-Tom Brady body pick comparison. Mm-hmm. I think that shit was so fucking funny, and I love it. The one where Mac Jones is standing on the sideline, and the caption was like, the man looks like a Lego. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen that one. i got to look it up. I'll, let me see if I can find it. Mac right Jones with looks Zach like Wilson. a Lego. Mac Jones Lego. I'm just gonna search. Oh yep, here we go. I'm just gonna share it um, in the chat. Copy link to tweet. <laughs> I see it. Oh my god, that's good. I really like that. Don't get me uh, wrong. I've talked a lot of shit about Mac Jones, but I had to make a spicy take, okay? And I'm not gonna make a spicy take about not one of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence being top three quarterbacks. If somebody's gonna give me a challenge and bet me something that I absolutely do not want to do, like drink Malort, I'm not gonna say yes on a non-spicy or on a spicy fucking pick. I'm gonna make a very conservative pick and the right decision when it comes to drinking some shit like Malort. Uh, sorry for all you fans of Malort out there in the Chicago. Malort is land. delicious, but Zach Wilson will never know. Zach Wilson will never know, and he's also gonna be better in 2021. So Jake is just gonna love drinking tomato juice towards the end of the season. Yeah, fucking probably. It's hey, fine. what qualifies as better? I missed this part. Like, what's a better? I want to know what better is for the fans. I think mean, we. Guards? So I think we use. Oh, okay. So an advanced metric. Oh God, Jake's gonna come with some bullshit that's gonna try to make it no. seem like he wins this. You're right. <laughs> no, we'll use. We'll use, it's called, it's mostly referred to as like Dakota is what most people call it. But essentially what it is, it's a composite of their completion percentage over expected. So it rates their skill level as a quarterback in completing passes that they in theory shouldn't be able to complete compared with uh, their expected points added per play. I think we could just make it easy and just do like touchdowns thrown versus interceptions thrown. Okay. But then do you say wrong quarterback? All right, we can, how about we we do both? So we'll do we'll do a combination of yards, touchdowns, interceptions. That'll be like one metric. And then Total my, yards, touchdowns, interceptions. And then my metric will be the other one. Yeah. And, and if we'll there's a, and if there's a tiebreaker, it's shots drank. Just <laughs> Stop trying it. to get Zach Wilson to lose. Oh wait, shit! I'm going backwards. <laughs> shots um, not drank. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> the least shot, the least DUIs is the tiebreaker. Correct. <laughs> That's fine. We can do that. I, I can live with that. <laughs> okay. I hope All I right, man. a tiebreaker. That covers everything that I had for this. Zach Wilson, let's go, baby. Uh, Mac Jones is a fucking Lego. So uh, that's all I got on the topic, though. Uh, we had a good conversation there covering things. If anybody has that picture of Zach Wilson with Trevor Lawrence's hair, please tweet that at me or send it to me on Instagram and a DM on the Two Average Husbands account or whatever, but uh, speak the devil, quick plug for that. So the number two ABG Husbands on Twitter and Instagram, feel free to follow us and continue to uh, spit out feedback for us. Sorry, again, this is a pre-recorded episode. We are trying to stop doing this and do our best to give you guys live content because that's what the people want. We try to give the people what they want. Uh, that being said, because of some scheduling conflicts, we are going to be switching our day to a different day. We'll get back to you guys on that on Twitter uh, and probably Instagram as well. Just let everybody know what that's going to look like moving forward. 
thanks again for Ryan to join us again and have a good conversation with us and a good draft recap. You can find him on Twitter as well at, at the first underscore RJN. Uh, and then Jake at JakeFerry34 and me at Kyle and her son on Twitter. So feel free to follow us all and continue to engage with us as two average husbands. Thanks again for an awesome episode and coming to listen to us. Jake, you can take it from here. Yeah, uh, like Kyle said, Ryan, we appreciate you taking some time out of your night to uh, come on here. We'll definitely you know, have you on whenever you want. If you just want to hop on and chat the normal shit that we talk about, if you want to come on and talk football, we're always happy to have guests on here. Um, and we appreciate what you added to the conversation tonight, even though you just had to point out a million times how pure Zach Wilson is. Ryan will um, definitely have to come back when you're drinking the, the Bloody Marys when I win that bet. Too. Yeah, probably. I'll so. make them for you because you. I'll make them for you. That's what I'll do. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. I'll go over to Ryan's and I'll just have my wife there ready to drive me home after <laughs> 12 different shitty Bloody Marys. Perfect. Because Kyle's going to – not because you made them poorly, Ryan, because say, because yeah. Kyle picked some shit pop-off <laughs> vodka and fuck – I'm drinking like vodka – God, they're going to I probably so won't mad. even be mean about that just because it doesn't matter. Like I could pick any mix and you're going to hate it. Probably. So it literally doesn't matter. I, but also we did find out when I visited Kyle that there's a lot of foods and vegetables that – I didn't think I would like that I did like. So Jake's growing up in his taste palette a little bit. I'm becoming oh slightly more of an adult. <laughs> but um, like Kyle said, we appreciate all the support that you guys give us. Um, we thank you guys anytime you you know leave a like on the videos. If you listen to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, um, we do appreciate that every single time. So thank you guys again for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Peace. Thanks for having me, boys. Absolutely, man.